2: Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Kington here with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Closing out a choppy week and that equity stumble on Thursday. The S&P about a dozen points from breaking even for the week. Got some earnings blowups to look at. Biden and Xi announce a summit next week. A roadmap is going to begin with the Powell effect on markets, though, as the Fed shares message on inflation and rates does put an end to
1: that win streak. Also ahead, Tesla shares are down almost 5 percent this week. But that's not stopping one firm from calling it a very expensive auto company. Plus, Treasury Secretary Yellen to meet with China's vice premier for a second day, setting the stage for talks between Presidents Biden and Xi. That, of course, expected next week.
2: Let's begin with the markets and the end of that win streak for the S&P and Nasdaq two years long, following this comment from the Fed chair yesterday.
3: The FOMC is committed to achieving a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to bring inflation down to 2% over time. We are not confident that we've achieved such a stance. We know that ongoing progress toward our 2% goal is not assured. Inflation has given us a few head fakes along the way. If it becomes appropriate to tighten policy further, we will not hesitate to do so.
2: Jim, 24 hours ago, you said, look out for the auction. I'm not sure you were counting on even this thing. I
3: didn't count on this auction, which was really horrible. And I think that what's happened is we tend to forget that we have to deal with 30-year issuance this year because it was done by a Treasury that, uh, frankly, never thought that we would get to these levels. Treasury's kind of uniquely out of it. They couldn't cancel the auction all of a sudden. I When you parse, pal, pal. I'm just saying the same thing over and over again. We need six months, not two months, but six months. And that's a, a, that's a decent uh, moment interval to measure inflation. David, the one thing I would say is that during this period, it's going to continue to go its way if you look at the inputs. We have CPI next week, and a lot of the inputs are very positive for Powell, but not enough time. He doesn't want to just say, hey, listen, we'll start cutting. But this stupid curve has been wrong for so long, and all we do is listen to how right the curve's been. It's been so wrong. So what? The lags are lagging.
1: The lags? Yeah, the lags, lags are, are lagging. lagging. All right. That is good. Yeah. Um, the as, you know, the forecast is the forecast. Watch members of our armed services, various members here celebrating Veterans Day. Boy, remember when we used to be off Veterans Day, which was so right
3: We've just given, we've given up on a lot of the days when we were growing up where we used to commemorate. You know, we used to talk about 11 o'clock is when the World War I ended. My grandfather was at Pershing. And it was like a big deal. He was like, yeah, I mean, but now everything's a rear guard action. My own view, okay. what it's worth. Because I think it's a great, you know, we should remember people, not just the people who survived, but I mean, everyone should go to Arlington if they ever get a chance, it's another place. Just incredible.
2: Really. Yeah. Well, we got Armed Forces Day, Memorial Day. This is the one for, for veterans, Anybody right. who's ever served.
3: Right, and I think that uh, it is, I'm glad we're doing a moment of silence, and I'm glad that people remember because I think a lot of people have forgotten anything in history.
2: Uh, we'll hear that moment of silence about 20 past the hour. Uh, meantime, Jim, uh, on the auction, a lot of uh, forensic analysis on whether or not uh, QT is in peril or if the Fed starts managing the, the runoff balance uh, the pace.
3: I think, look, I think Powell is, uh, I think Powell is a lot, first of all, I think he's a lot cooler than people realize, and that he, unlike Treasury, he knows the game. He doesn't want to hurt, he, look, he wants the economy to naturally slow down. He doesn't want to push it. He doesn't, because he sees it's going his way. And I think people underestimate exactly how powerful and tough Powell is. And we actually, in an odd way, saw that yesterday. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs>
2: Yes, we did. Uh, yeah. as he's been faced a couple times now with some climate protesters, and apparently yesterday, it had, had enough.
3: Yeah, I look. I, I you know, I, I, from the day he came in, you know, I, I have had the ultimate respect. I've stood by him on every single thing. I th- other than that one moment where he like kind of just said we, we got to keep being tough and didn't need to. That was like a rookie thing. But this guy is just on his game, and I think we should all respect him. Uh, He's a tough guy, too. I think people must think that he's a pushover or just a banker. I've known him forever. He's a great—what can I say? He's a great guy. What can I say, David? He's a great guy. I know. You're a big fan.
1: I am. I'm his number one fan. Great. Now he's got that to worry about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To your point, though, about uh, things slowing, Jim, uh, we got deflation in China. Yes. Uh, Eurozone yields, core CPIs. I know. Come down in six months. New rents are negative, used cars are negative, that's right. half of our own CPI. Exactly. Is there any reason to be afraid of what he says being misled by head fakes?
3: Well, I think that you could have, at any given moment, there can be a shock. I mean, look, look at what Goldman was saying about oil. It turned out that gold, you know, oil's collapsing. You know, this great thing, the grain complex is collapsing. That wasn't supposed to happen after Ukraine. Uh, we would have thought with the war in Gaza that, that oil would be spiking, it's not. Demand. There's a demand problem everywhere, and that is something that is going in Powell's way. The one thing we don't have, we don't have 4% unemployment. That's what it
2: Yeah, the other yeah. element today, at least, is um, looking at the after effects of Zerp, uh, this plug warning, ongoing concern, wow. obviously the WeWork bankruptcy. Yes. Some of the companies, Jim, people argue, are running out of money.
3: Well, look, I, I think that we've all been struggling to see who owns this commercial real estate. We still have not been able to nail it down. But what do you mean by that? Why, why do you well, say that? Well, because some of it's owned by banks, some of it's owned by insurance insurers, companies. Insurance companies. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. are so
1: opaque. There is some opacity there. Sure. Opacity. Yes, there is. Wow. Is that like bogosity? Opacity? <laughs> I, I
3: don't know what that word means, bogosity. But I do think that Carl's right. I mean, theres it's not rot. It's slowdown. When you look at it, I've had the two largest, uh, actually, I've had all three companies that sell used cars, and I've had Hertz. David, your used car is going down in value even as it sits in your driveway.
1: Yep. Uh, that is true. And you know, it's funny you mention that because I'm reading some comments here uh, on the luxury side from Richemont's CEO. <laughs> oh, I see you,
3: Richemont, and I double you with Diageo.
1: Oh, Rich- yeah. Diageo's down, Richemont though is down, uh, LVMH. Yeah, remember, Let me read this to you. Sure, far um, away, man. This is uh, Richemont's CEO on the conference call. I don't think the luxury goods industry will be using pricing as a tool over the next two years, and we are very, very glad that we did not use pricing like one or two of our competitors, because today the customers remember, and there is a reluctance. Some people increase the prices for similar products by 60, 80%, and I think today, they may regret having done so.
3: Yep, and Richmond, remember, the way you show you're wealthy in China, you can't have a McMansion, you have to wear jewelry. I mean, they don't have some of these properties that are
1: like right. what Bezos bought in Florida. Now- Jewelry let's... seems to be hanging in there more than watches. I guess everybody's, they're watched out. They can only wear so many. Uh, Exactly. I mean, you
3: can't be, like, you know, up your sleeve. Now, Diageo yesterday pre-announced. Now, my problem with Diageo is they're blaming uh, Latin America. Give me a break. But they're really talking about North America hasn't come back yet. So what are we talking about? We're talking about Crown Royal, Smirnoff Vodka, which is what Bond used to drink, if you remember, along with the Aston Martin. They took that away, put the BMW in. Uh, You know, this is a... Don Don Julio, which is fantastic. But the main thing is the gins, Gordon Gin, very bad. And, yes, it's Johnny Walker. And when I see these, what I say is you always have to remember this. In the industry, clears and browns are dead clears and browns just are just going down, and Diageo's clears and browns, and they raise the price. They do have Casamigos, which, by the way, is doing very well. Agave Spirits is still doing well. But Diageo is just like Richemont. We're going to find out they're not doing well in China, they're not doing well in the U.S., and they blame it on lat And I say, give me a break. <laughs> and the Caribbean. The sales in the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. It's 11% What's of sales. Well, I mean, how about the I mean, you you know, know, I'm, still, lot, I'm still
1: thinking about the other 89. Okay, but 11% is not insignificant. Well, if there is a significant slowdown for some reason. Uh, yes, but I do think that
3: they they reference North America as not being necessarily, you know, booming. No. Uh, I, Diageo, but these companies, you, know, you know, when people don't realize that at one point,
2: gin was the drink. You know, so millions of cases, and gin is just done What did, what did Billy Joel sing? Making love to his tonic and gin, right? That's, that's a sign of the times in the 70s. That Friday night concert really uh, holds up. By the way. <laughs> uh, speaking of double-digit decliners pre-market, we could go to Unity, we could do Trade Desk, we could do Illumina, and we could do Plug.
3: All right, let's do them all. Um, okay, so Unity is, is Whitehurst. He's cleaning it up, and we know Whitehurst from Red Hat. He just took no prisoners in that interim business. Trade Desk is about... The fact that October was weak in auto, media, and entertainment, but I've done a little more digging. There has been stabilization, and they believe it was a transitory slowdown, and that the verticals that we talked about, including the ones impacted by strike actions, that's the autos, they are now seeing the machine cranking and otherwise normal again. No need to have a long-term reset. Buy Trade Desk. Boom. Buy it. Just buy it. A plug is going concern. David, those blowing, the, you know—when you get that glowing concern, yeah, it's let, glowing concern—it's not glowing; it's more of a going. No, it's—it's it's, yeah, or not going. Yeah. yeah, and you know they blame you on the uh, one of the, one be of a the stopping hydrogen concern, actually they, uh, instead multiple, of calling it a going concern. But right? multiple force majeures—that's a new one for me.
1: You plug—you had plug on. A
3: bunch, I used to. So. I you? stopped having them on. Andy Marsh, I stopped having them on. I said, well, I can't. If I have a guest on and every time they're on, the stock goes down, I find that's a suboptimal situation.
1: What happened? Can you give us a the quick synopsis? The balance sheet's synopsis? really
3: bad. They have, you know, $1.5 billion in debt. They have this one runaway plant in the southeast that seems like it's just costing too much money. They're, they're blaming some sort of hydrogen thing that no one else has, has a problem with. Look, hydrogen—oh, air products have some problems. Pay it down there that's bad, too.
1: but. You talk to Lindy. There's no problem with hydrogen. Lindy's oh. having a quarter to end all quarters. It is a difficult company. period for those companies that need to consume capital to continue to, uh, you're, you're to talk, fund their all business climb, overall. All, yeah. Just in general, right? Given where rates are, we know that. I mean, yeah. Well, they, look at some of these automakers. But Andy was now, look from at, the look at Lucid or even Rivian. What they're Lucid losing reminds for me car. Of, Lucid reminds me of and Lucent. How much capital they're going to need to continue to consume to get to a point where they can actually start making money? How's Fisker doing? Fisker is, uh, I don't think, making money on each vehicle. I can imagine that's not the case. We've seen a a virtual collapse of anything EV, and
3: we all kind of hesitate to say it because I think we're kind of rooting for the environment versus against the environment, but EVs and any aspect of EVs. Uh,
2: Well, I mean, it goes beyond that. It goes to driverless, cruise uh, now suspended. I was in that car. I, I wasn't frightened, I was feeling good. There's eight billion in losses in six years. Uh, Ron Barron talking about Tesla this morning on Squawk, uh, particularly as it pertains to China. Here's what he said.
3: I think the relations they have with China are exceptionally
1: good. Uh, uh, they're both people are getting something from it. Uh, and I think that that business will continue to grow, but he's gonna open plants all around the world uh, for low cost
3: cars and wait till you see what's gonna happen when all of a sudden they start selling cars instead of for $40,000 a piece for $25,000 piece, which is going to happen in the past a year,
1: year and a half uh, from their new model. The new model, they think, is going to do five million cars a year. Five million cars a year for the Model 2. That's coming.
3: Well, I mean, not if Sean Fain has anything to do with it. <laughs> I mean, you know, we got
1: President Biden. In. Now, David. Oh, I mean, Mark Barron is an unrepentant bull. He's made so much money okay, with this great. investment over yeah, they, a long look, of time. Look, I, I like Tesla. We've made, you know, in the past he said these outrageous things that ended up being pretty close. But, but,
2: but in the rate environment that we were just talking about. Yeah. Right?
3: Well, I just think that when we think about uh, what the president's doing and how he's lined up with Sean Fain, and he, you know, he's talking about, I want Fain to go unionize Tesla. That's an unusual posture for a president to take. It is, it is.
2: He literally put on a UAW shirt. Put on a shirt, yeah. yeah. Doesn't wow. seem to be
1: helping him with the electorate at all. Not quite sure. Maybe you what want to you change know? your strategy there, but who knows? No. I mean, it is,
3: it seems like you know, the guy wants to be the union president. I didn't think that he necessarily wanted to run a union. I mean, I think that, that, that Sean Fain, if he decided that, that if President Biden wanted to run the UAW while he's also president, I mean, it's fine. You know, that the Ford guys, when, when, when Biden was on the picket line, they were, like, shocked. They thought that Biden came to try to negotiate a good deal. But they didn't realize that Biden came to be able to walk the picket line.
2: Oh, I, don't, I don't think it was, came as a surprise to many, right? No, when
3: you to. But, you know, some yeah. you know Fane did. Look, if you talk to the auto executives in the spring, they were like, yeah, who is this guy? I don't know. He barely won a majority. I mean, what's the deal? Well, he turned out to be the most powerful force in labor since Walter Reuther. Samuel Gompers.
2: Uh, Speaking of the president, we do have news regarding China today. First, the Treasury Secretary and China's vice premier are set to meet again today ahead of the APEC summit, where Biden and Xi are now expected to hold talks. Eamon Javers has the latest this morning. Morning, Eamon.
4: Good morning, Carl. Yeah, we do now know the date of that next Joe Biden-Xi Jinping meeting. It will be on Wednesday, November 15th in the San Francisco Bay Area. They're not giving us a very specific locator other than that. Uh, we've been seeing this increased diplomatic activity in the run-up to that meeting, though. As you say, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen welcomed Chinese Vice Premier He Li Feng to California yesterday and in her prepared remarks sought to set a calming tone, even as relations between the two countries have reached what may be a Low point in decades.
3: The United States has no desire to decouple from China.
2: A full separation of our economies would be economically disastrous for both of our countries and for the world.
4: So you saw what Janet Yellen had to say there. The United States has no desire to decouple from China. She says a full separation of our economies would be economically disastrous for both countries. She also cited the intensive economic diplomacy that has taken place over the past year, beginning with the first meeting of Presidents Biden and Xi a year ago in Bali and her own travel to Beijing this summer. In recent weeks, vice ministerial level economic and financial working groups between Treasury and the Chinese Ministry of Finance have also held meetings. Yellen said... She and He Li Feng would talk about topics including climate change, debt distress in low-income countries, and what she called the use of economic tools for national security purposes. So all of that sets up this big meeting in San Francisco next week between President Biden and Chinese leader Xi Jinping. I'll be there, guys, all week covering the event. Uh, One moment to watch for there. Xi Jinping is going to have a dinner with some of America's top CEOs. That's coming up on Wednesday night, and there'll be some fascinating uh, diplomatic body language to watch at that dinner in San Francisco next week, guys. Back over to you, Carl.
2: That's going to be a big event, uh, Eamon. Sounds like there are some contentious issues on the table as well. Uh, we look forward to that. That's our Eamon That's right. When we come back, a moment of silence here at the Big Board in honor of Veterans Day tomorrow.
0: Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right?
2: As we approach Veterans Day this weekend, the NYSC and the NASDAQ about to observe a moment of silence in honor of our military servicemen and women. Ringing the bell this morning is uh, General Randy George, uh, Chief of Staff of the United States Army. And, Jim, you were mentioning earlier, it used to be known as Armistice Day because um, of the armistice with Germany, the 11th hour of the 11th day, few, of the 11th month.
3: These were things that, when you were growing up, uh, this is how school taught you about what happened in World War I and World War II. And I just find people that, we don't have those holidays now. And, and I just think that this was a day where my father would tell me that they had Civil War vets come to speak in his mm-hmm. elementary school.
2: Let's get the moment of silence.
4: Every day.
1: Let's get to a mad dash as we are counting down to an opening bell for the final trading session of the week. Salesforce, its a name I think you know a little bit about?
3: Yeah, no, there's some people who write on Wall Street. Uh, Dan Ives, we think, it yeah, with Pink Jacket, fun. Tony Saganegi, I think he's fun. I think he's thoughtful. I think he's cerebral. He has a piece called, uh, from Bergstein, how many times can you say AI? We counted. All right, this is about basically who has hype and who's reality. Of course, NVIDIA is number one, because it should be number one, and we could talk about NVIDIA all day. But when he counted them up, Tony counted up, the number two, the silver medal was, oh, we gave it away. Yeah, we did. Yeah, Salesforce. And what I think is amazing about this, David, is that Tony points out that it's kind of just a less direct relationship than, say, maybe Microsoft, or maybe Meta, maybe Alphabet. He puts it up there with, a, with HPE, Dell, and ServiceNow, as companies that have really tried to affiliate themselves with AI
1: that he doesn't think necessarily have the touch of AI. What does that mean? And what what are they, how are they Einstein. using, we say AI, AI's been around for a long time. Okay. So the big shift has been generative AI. Yes. Are we talking old AI or generative well, okay, AI? Okay, this is a, it would be a mixture, but what they use it for is,
3: let's say you want to do a sales document. You want to do a mortgage document. Uh, you can get the language that you need, Salesforce will do that. And all they do is like they just see what the standard is and plug it in. Uh, also helps for customers, anything that makes it so that you know the answer. Uh, both companies, both Service Force, ServiceNow and Salesforce actually do a lot of AI. But you're right, I mean, is it the kind of thing where uh, you, if you want to summarize something, you can easily summarize it, and they can do that too. This is not the kind of uh, NVIDIA trillions of pieces instantly and you can do it but it does it, it works it works well that's important well it never hasn't really been working lately i mean well, it's okay of, so right know, here they report an upside surprise the stock goes up immediately and then the same day literally goes back down and it's been drifting down ever since uh and then it started picking up today but when you think about, you know, AI and their Einstein, you can ask it questions, which is something like, okay, I have to make a, a, a proposal to an insurance company. Tell me what insurance companies are focused on, give me a really basic way, and how much it matters, say, at that moment, pricing for blah, 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 insurance. Well, you know, that helps you if you want to
1: go pitch. Remember, a lot of Salesforce is about pitching. All right, we got music playing, you hear it, right? That means no, we've got to go because we got an opening bell to get to four minutes from now. And, by the way, uh, if you didn't remember, you can always catch us anytime and anywhere by listening to and following the Squawk on the Street Opening Bell Podcast.
2: Take a look at the week to date. As this, as we've worked through this chop uh, last few sessions, Jim, uh, we could end up with another uh, weekly gain on the S&P if oh, we get 12 boy.
3: points. You know, when I was thinking about it, I did a piece yesterday. I didn't want us to be uh, that te- that. 10 uh, S&P is then that one take us back really far and to, to a halcyon period where people were not critical enough. I thought we actually needed to cool off. We need to shake out people who really feel oh this was a, this was just a bear market rally. They have to go. They can't make it to the promised land. That's typically what happened. When you get a real rally, you have a pause like this, shakes people out, and then you start again. And that's why think is going to happen. I think it's real. Market rally.
2: It's a real rally. Let's get the opening bell here and get Friday underway at the big board here. As we said, General Randy George, U.S. Army Chief of Staff, and members of the Armed Forces commemorating Veterans Day tomorrow. App and NASDAQ, it's biotech company Cargo Therapeutics celebrating its idea. That's kind
3: of nice. Oh, I love it. No, I mean these people serve. We've got veterans. We have uh, soldiers on tonight. We have uh, armed forces, West Point. We tried. And we went to Air Force Academy a few years ago. I mean, look, I, why not celebrate those who serve? I mean, geez, what an incredible thing these people
2: volunteer. Yeah, especially in this. Uncertain world, Jim. Keeping yes. us safe, keeping the country safe.
3: But I mean, we read uh, you know, there's a base in Syria and it's being attacked. We need we send a, a submarine here or there. We project power. I mean, David, it, it, if there's anything that
1: we're really good at, I think that is what we're looking at. Yeah, a lot of people do come back to our military as a point of pride. In right, a, in, in a world in which it can be hard to find sometimes, without a doubt. And I know your experience is similar to mine. Whenever you meet senior members of the military, I'm always incredibly impressed.
3: I met the late General Powell. Their, with I mean, their <laughs> broad knowledge
1: and their yes. decision-making and their critical thinking. It's just fascinating. My father met a general before, the, uh, uh, uh,
3: before one of his landings. And it was one of those things. That was like, it was like Shakespeare in King Henry IV. The guy <laughs> said, hey, soldier, do you have a cigarette? And... Yeah, sure. Oh man, he gave a cigarette, and he, someone said, he laughed, and my someone said that was General Walter Krueger, who was the head of the Sixth Army, and that's what would happen. And he didn't go to West Point, General Krueger, and he was a People's General, and he ran the Sixth Army so well. We forget how these titans are not remembered. No one knows General Krueger. He was one of the most important people ever in World War II. Doesn't he?
2: That, uh, that sends a chill, Jim? Speaking yeah. of which, uh, this uh, this Biden Xi summit. Uh, they're going to tackle all kinds of things according to the uh, wires today, AI, uh, Taiwan, the Middle East. Well, Taiwan, there's a lot of talk
3: again that they're still trying to, there's an election coming. And they want to influence the Kuomintang Party, which is would be, well, remember the Kuomintang used to be a party of, uh, 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 the, of an opposition to China. But I do think that they're out there doing things. I was listening to Bass, Kyle Bass, this morning saying how much they go back on decisions. The one difference here is is that the thing that they need more than anything else in the world is NVIDIA chips. They sold one outfit apparently got them, uh, because those are the capability of being weaponized. So, I know they want them and they want Taiwan Semi, and if we give up, we being America give in, or don't protect Taiwan Semi, we're fools,
1: we're just fools. Um, There is hope somehow that after this meeting between Xi and Biden that it will unlock the antitrust review of VMware, which we've talked about a number of times. I'm hearing that, too, by the way, though. That's a hope and a dream, perhaps. We'll see if it becomes a reality. You Um, want to speak about it because it's so on the firing line. Because well, VMware weather- is interesting because uh, investors there made an election sometime back already, weeks ago, about how much stock or cash they wanted. And they're stuck in that election while they wait for this deal to close, being told by Hock Tan, who runs, of course, uh, Broadcom, that it will close very soon. It's clearly political. It seems 100% due as much as I can tell to the new restrictions on NVIDIA chips that were announced with immediacy, by the way, of a few weeks ago. The question simply becomes, Jim, do the Chinese relent? Because what are they gaining from not allowing this deal to close? It's unclear anything other than just saying, you know what, we're not gonna allow it to close the day after. I think it was literally that close you put this new ban on NVIDIA chips. But people are waiting, investors are waiting. Michael Dell's waiting. Right, right. I mean, he's a huge owner here. Um, well, I mean, so, you said
3: clearly political, but you know, Hawk Tan is saying otherwise.
1: He's saying otherwise. Yeah. That is not what I am hearing. Well, I, have, just, a, I have a couple uh, of people send people over to China. At least met with under the lawyers. The government won't meet with uh, with people, and their takeaway certainly is that, of course, it's political. Of course it is. I, I was just putting out what, what Hawk says. Yes. I, I agree I, with you. I, I don't. I, he may. Listen, I, you know. Well, can we have something. The we, problem is nobody knows anything. That's
3: all. All right. Can That's we have something you we agree do. with? It's unknowable. Can we have something we agree with? Illumina can't oh. make its numbers to save its life. Illumina. Oh, I'm glad I you mean, mentioned it. I this thing is just. I, they shoot horses, don't they? I mean, this thing's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, this is equipment for the most up-to-date biotech. And you need it to be able to get drugs approved. And they just don't have the horses, man. Wow. Look um, at that.
1: Yeah. And remember, Carl Icahn got involved there in a significant way, managed to get uh, replace the CEO. They made a lot of poor decisions, including going against regulators here and there and everywhere. And no, you had not to- listening and now having to divest. Grail, I mean, the whole thing has been a mess. Grail's but- real, too. But, Jim, they can't seem to execute on the basic stuff either. No, but I want to go to where you were yesterday. I want to
3: go directly to two things that you just did with the unbelievable Malone stuff. One, Warner Bros. Discovery, thinking through EBITDA uh, 2024. And two, the incredible moment where Malone said that maybe Google paid too much for the NFL. Yeah, he believes that they that they did. But that's brilliant because that explains why they're in the call. They were so incoherent when asked directly by, by, by Michael Nathanson. They were like, the NFL likes it, which, of course, means basically yeah, we gave them a lot of money. <laughs> gave them a
1: lot of money. The Malone thing. Why are people honest? Um, why, did, why did Kim Malone come on and say what he feels and well, Jonathan, he always says what he feels uh, and goes in all sorts of different directions? We were able to air a good amount of the interview last night. Uh, there are also parts that will be available on our CNBC Pro now. It's an hour and 11-minute interview, so we hit a lot of things that still haven't seen the light of day. I including, find by the way, you know, News Corp reported, it's worth mentioning, there was this funny back and forth I had with Malone about, uh, about Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch, who's now stepped down as, you know, as chair. He's chair emeritus or whatever it may be. But uh, Malone stays in touch with Murdoch, who obviously he had a lot of dealings with, both positive and negative through the years. But apparently they're talking a lot about ranching. Take a listen.
0: Yeah, and amazing. He hasn't lost a step. He's
1: amazing. Even though he's stepped down? Yeah, but in terms of his intellect,
0: his interest... You know, he's become a rancher, you know, in Montana, so. Taking after you. When I talk to him, that's what he wants to talk about, is how many tons of hay does it take to carry a cow through the winter, you know? Really? Yeah. How
1: yeah. many tons of hay does it take to carry Well, it depends on
0: the elevation. Oh, who knew? It's very climate-related. Interesting. You know, there where he is, probably two and a half tons. I
1: mean, probably. you learn things you never expect. Two and a half tons to take a cow through the winter, but, of course, it does depend on elevation. That's John Malone for you. Oh, I, I thought he was going to be a pirate. Excuse me. I thought when Murdoch retired, he'd be a pirate. Oh.
3: Like Succession, you know, you're <laughs> pirate. Oh, best yeah. scene, best scene in Succession
1: in our newsroom. <laughs> We're um, pirates. By the way, speaking of icon and Illumina activists, remember Jeff Smith? Not. A, I mean, he, you're not going to get active here because obviously they control the vote at News. But, um, but they. Uh, about a few weeks ago, they announced the. Position there, they want to see potentially some of these assets involving real estate monetized. Stocks down though. Uh, you can see news corp shares are down after reporting numbers uh, this morning. Don't have a lot of estate on that. Real
3: estate. Look, I'm looking at the semis that are just uh, uh, the raging here, led by Taiwan SEMI, uh, up three, and uh, the semiconductor. A uh, capital equipment companies, AMAT, the and LAMB. They're just going crazy here. And then on the other hand, people thought that Meta would be down. Meta was down two and a half when Trade Desk reported last night mm. and said that there was weakness in October. Now Trade Desk, Trade Desk is coming back, but Meta's up. I mean, Jesus rallies popping. Powerful.
2: Uh, we do have uh, Morgan Stanley with a 100-page report on the smartphone business.
3: Yeah, I, could, I needed I was going to chat GPT that. Pick your best Where part. They, they do
2: some survey work on upgrade intentions. They think that plus AI silicon and AI hardware are going to give you back-to-back shipment growth for the first time in uh, it, it 10 years almost.
3: Big. It will be big, I think, that we have. Uh, by the way, let's not forget, there's a PC cycle refresh to, to, to end all cycle refreshes. David, that's going to be positive uh, for Dell, yeah. uh, for HP. Yeah, but I even I'm even going to say that it could be good for Intel,
2: which is the, great the, for AMD, the, the leading Dow component at the moment.
3: Yep, the, even though uh, Moore's Law is dead, according to Nvidia,
1: it looks like that. You get the invite to the Adobe, to the Intel Christmas yes. party? Yeah. I did. Everybody I did. got. I did. Oh, everybody did. If everybody got it. I'm definitely not going. <laughs> I, I. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was the only one that. No. No, I don't.
3: It. Holiday season. I got something else. Got to do. talk to people. Turns, turns out I'm jammed that day. I got a funeral. No, it's like, yeah. wants to talk to anybody? I know.
2: Oh, it's kind of them to think of us, guys. It was exactly. very kind. Nice. Pat yeah. Gelsinger, thank you for yeah, that invite. Yeah, we yeah, all are, I, are. Yeah, I got. As
3: you I, can see we're all very enthusiastic. I have Lisa Sue's holiday party that day. Oh, you ARD. do? Yeah. Well, she hasn't, hasn't been set yet. It, she isn't even having one, but I'm going to be there. You.
1: are. <laughs> um, um, I got a couple things yeah, to yeah. hit. What do you got? About TKO. Oh, sold to you. Vince McMahon selling a lot of stock. Yeah, I've uh, been checking on that. Stock's down eight percent. Remember, this is the recent merging of U.S. Like treasury. That was like a and, treasury and wrestling, and it gave him liquidity. Sold um, 8.4 million shares at 79.80. Uh, that was uh, last night. Did Ari check off on that? And uh, apparently, you know, it's estate planning. Lyndon McMahon, they, he's 78, they want the money, and so he's got, still got two-thirds of his shares, but it's oh, a big sale. Okay. Okay. Uh, and it comes obviously while Endeavor, which controls 51% of TKO, uh, is in its own sale process potentially to its 71% vote owner uh, Silver Lake. Um, not a lot of updates there. But that should move quickly, as we've said. My understanding is that there is now a special committee that likely has hired a bank. I want to check that, though, but that just gives you a sense of progress. But Silver Lake has yet to come and make an offer, is my understanding. They're waiting, right. Um, but that'll happen, you get special committee, they hire their banker, which they may have. company has their own banker. And then it's pretty simple. Like, all right, what do you think Endeavor's worth? By the way, then everybody, all these other investors are going to make a decision as to whether to roll. A key question also is, given the equity check, how much help Silver Lake will have. is one name that's been uh, around as a potential uh, investor as well. But we're keeping an eye on that, Jim, on um, not just TKO, which is down on those sales, given where they took place and how large they are and the volume per day that is involved in 8.4 million shares, but also on Endeavor and whether they can get a significant premium to the IPO price. You know who's in this mix is
3: Strauss-Selner can take too, because they've got these great video games. There are people who feel that NBA 2K is not strong. I would point out that the greatest, greatest entertainment franchise of all time is, great, is Grand Theft Auto, and number six is coming out. The last time it came out was num- what, was 10 years ago. Since then, NVIDIA has moved the ball so rapidly that we're going to have the uh, non-player, could be, the non-players in the game can talk to you, like Free Guy. They can talk to you? Yeah, they'll be able to talk to you. That's what we're hearing. And Did they Strauss talk
2: about this last night?
3: Well, this is something I'm hearing from NVIDIA. He did say that it's possible that, that, that there could be some people who can be programmed with not, by the way, with not, like, good morning, how are you? But, like, Carl, good to see you again. Wow. This would be electric and make it so that I think the grand—this was not confirmed by Strauss. I want to make clear that. But this is one of the things that I think is going to be the refresh of all time. And uh, I think that this stock is incredibly undervalued, given the fact that Grand Theft Auto is going to be out next
2: year. Elsewhere in media, you got the journal piece about Disney's uh, strategic review of uh, the linear TV business. You got the Warner Netflix discounted bundle story.
1: You've got uh, For Netflix Verizon go- FiOS using the yep. yeah, potentially offering that. You've yep. got
2: uh, J.P. Morgan going to 510 Netflix on this um, uh, ad tier. That was
1: very interesting yep. because you
3: know, the ad tier. Uh, it, Strauss, I only talked about the ad tier in, in his conference call, whether they should have ads in the video games. And he said, well, you know, people don't really want that. And I, I do think at a certain point, uh, you're going to have to have an ad tier that's, it, you want to make it a little more intrusive to get, because people are, are, are eyeballs, but Netflix doesn't want to do that. Right. Unobtr- unobtrusive, targeted ads that you might like.
1: What would be an ad that you might like, David? I don't know. I can't. Imagine an ad I would like. You can't? Well, I could imagine. Um, I, I don't I, want to imagine. <laughs> I, uh,
3: yeah. I, uh, no. no. Um, but meanwhile, it's the semis day. What can I say? Uh, it's a semi we, day. Can
1: we uh, talk about uh, weight what? loss drugs for a moment as well? Whatever you say, dude. What do you mean? There's not a lot to say this weekend. You're no, I going to said get whatever you said. It's oh, not a lot. to say. I thought say. you said there's not a lot to
3: no, say. No, no, I'm not interested in what you say. what did you say? <laughs> everything else. No, so this my weekend hair. is
1: the American Heart Association in Thank Philadelphia. You. Thank you. In Philadelphia. And so we are going to get no. It's bi-week. The full report from Novo, right? In terms of well, I think all the right. data. Right. You're, you know, uh, Scott Gottlieb, the guest earlier on Squawk Box, very informative. On or the board of Illumina and, those, and uh, Pfizer. And Pfizer. I'm going to talk about Pfizer in a sec, but. This is key to payers. This is key to whether yes, you get health insurance. so insurers. key. Even though Lilly shares were down yesterday. Oh, my it was God. the day of the
2: year for yeah, IBB. Yep. Yeah, it
1: was down 4.6%, and one of the reasons
3: why is that people say, well, look, there's, uh, AstraZeneca is working on a pill form. Well, no kidding. I mean, that that's ridiculous. I thought the Eli Lilly interview that Morgan did was just positive about why you want to be in Eli Lilly. I know that Nova's offering, you know, building a $5 billion plant, but... It, it, you kid, there's room for everyone. This is not unlike the great cholesterol uh, moment where you had Merck Lipid, leading lip. with Mevacor, and then out of nowhere, Warner Lambert came up with mm-hmm. something so big that Pfizer had to buy it. With Lipitor, of course, yes.
1: which is now a and has been
3: a generic for many, many years. And that's but, why right, I, like, I like the uh, Regeneron, uh, the, I like the Amgen drug for cholesterol. Means, uh, 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 Rapatha, which is remarkable, which we realize any cholesterol is probably bad for you. Um, we spoke about
1: Pfizer, you know, we're still waiting on the C Gen deal. We're still waiting for the breakout there. Did you, you know, you said some things, or you or Borla, you quoted, you scared a lot of people in Pfizer. What Why? Like last Friday night, what'd you say on Mad Money? Well, I just did you said something that about the C Gen deal. No, I some no? people feel he's overpaid C Gen, I like C Gen. But you think it's gonna
3: close? Yeah, no, C Gen's really important. No, I said that, you know, I don't know where
1: the FTC is. Well, let me give you an update from what I hear in terms of it, because... Uh, I did not say anything waiting. bad about
3: Borla. I did not.
1: Right. We've been waiting for Pfizer uh, to beco- to come into compliance with the second request for information from the That's FTC. That's what I did say, which seemed wrong to me. And they haven't yet done it. Um, my understanding now is, uh, uh, according to people familiar with the situation, maybe the next three to four weeks for compliance. They certainly seem to be taking their time. There does not seem to be a concern that they will be sued by the FTC. But who knows? You may have seen that Elizabeth Warren letter yesterday about Horizon and Amgen. She's still fighting that. Battle. Oh my God! Amgen needed that. It was and only And then fair. just talking broadly about big deals, but um, they are now talking though about this being a more likely 2024 close for the deal itself. The Pfizer, Pfizer um, needs this. The, you know, they've
3: made a series of acquisitions, and none of them has, me, has met the um, what people thought the numbers could be. But I think that Cgen's been an undermanaged company, and that they have a cancer franchise that is second only to Merck. But it needs money.
1: It needs money. Um, Pfizer's got plenty as, of money, but as no as mojo. As has been the case with well, many Pfizer, Pfizer's got no juju or is, mojo. This has taken longer to get to the finish line than many might have anticipated originally still is. I had reported weeks ago, by the way, because I was being told, uh, at least on the CGEN side, that they thought they'd be in compliance very quickly or soon, that was incorrect, and we're still waiting. Uh, for uh, for that second request, certified. Okay. Once you do that, then the clock starts. Okay. So what would possibly be, since there is like, virtually no cancer franchise
3: of Pfizer, what is the overlap that would make it so that there should yeah. be even a request?
1: Jim, you don't need an overlap. If it's big, you know that they're going to get. A, Lena Khan's going to give it a hard look. Well, it's just enough already. It doesn't mean that they're going to get them. I mean, sued. Then, in fact, like, you Pfizer expect they
3: will. Well, Dr. Borla is going to win on that one. I didn't say anything about Dr. Boer. Okay. It's just, just that I sure. don't think that they. I said that the FTC could could put the kibosh right. on a deal that makes tons of sense.
2: It sounds like Tapestry Capri are getting a second look as well. Yes. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. That was earlier this oh, week. Oh, yeah. boy Talk about something work. the
3: American people have to worry about, right? Yeah, we got to get that. We got to get that uh, Jimmy Choo. David. <laughs> Jimmy Choo. I could, uh, that's exactly wanna, what we do to protect, We have, wanna, have to protect, have don't to protect the, the people the by two thousand dollars shoes.
1: That could be big trouble. You know what this for, is, David? For the American trouble. consumer. You know what this is? That's a high, that's your foot in a No, that's a
3: mimicking of toe cleavage, which is what Jimmy Choo really is famous for. I yes, told you that. That's right. I went to the Milan fashion yes. show exhibit.
2: Quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Find out more about toes. Uh, just go to cnbc.com slash jointheclub or use the QR code on the screen. It takes you right there. As we go to break, uh, we'll watch Bonds. The 10 years came into the week at 458. And we might go out almost exactly at that level despite all the chop that we've seen uh, in the past, say, 72 hours.
1: Back in a minute. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
0: its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration.